Well, Happy New Year to you. We're so glad you're here with us today. And if you're a part of our River Rocks age group, we want to welcome you and invite you to go ahead and head out to your classroom at this time as well. But again, we're so thankful that each and every one of you is here with us today. My name is Joe. I serve as one of the pastors here at Riverbend, and you are looking really uh, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed for staying up past 12 o'clock. How many of you guys actually stayed up past 12 o'clock? Let me just see, show of hands. How many of you said, you know what, that's cool, but I'll do it like at 12 p.m., not 12 a.m. You're like, you know what, I'm cool in that way, you know. And uh, But anyways, we uh, are excited to have each and every one of you here with us today. We want to welcome all of our first-time guests. And if you're here with us in person or watching online, we are so thankful that you're part of Riverbend this morning. We'd love to connect with you and get to know you more. Way to do that is to fill out a connection card. And we also have a gift bag for you if you're a first-time guest on your way out. You can pick one of those up, but it's just our way of saying thanks for being here with us today. And yesterday was such a great day into this new year because my Georgia Bulldogs beat Ohio State. Um, and I know some of you are not into football. They have no clue what I'm talking about, but it's still a big deal, okay? It's a big deal to me, all right? And because it's a big deal to me, it's a big deal to God, right? He cares about that kind of stuff. He cares about what we care about here, you know? And so anyways, but we are so excited for this new year. And, and one of the things that I want us to think about as we jump into where we're going for the new year, as we continue in the Gospel of John, is I want us to think about the idea of how we get to know someone. How do we get to know someone? Like, what are the ways in which we get to know the people in our lives? And there's a couple different things that you can do. One is you get to know them by spending time with them, right? You spend time with them, and there's things about spending time with somebody that happens as you get to experience them you start to pick up on who they are, what they're about, what they say, what they do. And then there's the other way that we get to know people beyond just spending time with them. It's asking questions. Questions are so powerful because questions help us to understand the vantage point of somebody else, where they've been, where they're hoping to go. My mom recently was up for Christmas. She actually just flew out yesterday back to Atlanta. Uh, we had a great, great time. God miraculously worked because she flew southwest, <laughs> uh, which I'm sure you've heard uh, was crazy, uh, but she got here. She got here, uh, and she got here before all craziness happened within southwest, but as we were talking about life, one of the things that she was sharing with me was her passion for ballet dancing, and I knew she had a passion for ballet dance. I know for many, many years she had taken classes, had instructed people. We were talking about the Nutcracker, and she says, yeah, I've been in the Nutcracker 10 times, you know, so I've, I've been in those types of performances and ballets, and so I just started talking to her about that. Tell me how you got into it, you know, how did you get into ballet? Tell me about what it is to have a, a skill like that. How do you develop that? What does that look like? Who are the people in your life? Why did you stop doing ballet? And, and even the heartache of her own story of, of why she had to stop and what that looked like. And what that did is help me to get to know my mom in another dimension of her life, right? There, there's something powerful, powerful about questions and asking questions so that we can get to know who the person is that we're talking to. And in the same way, what we want to do is we want to get to know Jesus, right? As we think about 2023, and it's, it's fitting that as we're kicking off 
a new series in the new year that we're going to center around Jesus. But oftentimes in church settings, we're like, the right answer is always Jesus, right? You're like, oh yeah, Jesus, right? Jesus, right? But what I want to do is I actually want to go a little deeper than that because I want us to hear Jesus in his own words. I want us to hear how he described himself because part of what happens if we're not careful is we begin to describe Jesus maybe in ways that he's truly not. And so we actually want to hear him for who he is. And so we're going to look at some self-describing statements as a, in an effort to get to know him more, to draw closer to who he is. Because there's questions that we want to ask of him, but there's also questions that we have in our own lives as well. Questions that help us to experience what's called self-discovery before God and before others. And so here's some of the common questions that come up. And the first question is, who is God? Who is God? Many people ask that kind of question. Who is God? What does he look like? What's he about? Who is God? That's one of those questions that's often asked. Another question that's asked is, who am I? Who am I? And not necessarily like what my name is, <laughs> but who am I? What makes me who I am? What am I about? This is an identity question. Who am I? And then the other question is, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? And right now, more than ever, it's been reported that there's a lot of purpose anxiety amongst people because they're afraid that they are experiencing a life that is full of futility. And as a result, we get like paralyzed by this question instead of stepping in and leaning in to our purposes and the purposes in which we're designed for and created for and the opportunities that God has for us. But again, these are the kind of questions that we ask. What's my purpose? Here's another question. How do I get to know Jesus and the purpose for which he has created me? Many of you are asking that question. Many of you, even if you're not quite sure about Jesus, you're in that process of trying to understand the purposes in which you were created so you can step into them. And you're open to Jesus. You're not totally sold on Jesus and follow him maybe, but maybe you're here and you're saying, you know what? I'm worth, it's worth in my life to consider who he is. You know, I, I don't have a problem with Jesus, maybe. Maybe I have a problem with somebody else, somebody who represented Jesus or misrepresented Jesus. You know, but Jesus himself, I'm, I'm open to exploring who he is. And so these are questions that, again, help us to further understand who God is and what he has for us, who Jesus is, and, and what he wants for our lives, as well as understand who we are and the people around us as well. And so today, what I want us to do as we are going to kick off this series is we're going to look at these statements that are called the I am statements, and they're found in the Gospel of John. And today, what I want to do is give you an overview. So we're going to do a bit of a panoramic view of all these statements. And in the weeks to come, we're going to drill down on them. And the reason why I want to do that is I want us to be able to see Jesus for who he truly is, and even for us to consider what it is he's saying to us as we begin 2023, how he wants to walk alongside us, and that even when life is hard, he is good. Even when life is painful, he still has a purpose, and he's working a purpose. I want us to be able to see those things that are found when we talk about Jesus. So as we go through this, again, I want to give you the statement, and I'm going to give you some verses 
that go with each of these statements. So here's the first one. I am the bread of life. Let's say that out loud together. I am the bread of life. And Jesus would say this, and there's a couple of parts of John 6 that he talks about this, John 6, 35, 48, and 51. But listen to what it says here. This is, again, Jesus in his own words. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And so you get this sense from Jesus. He says, hey, I'm the one who brings satisfaction. Those deepest longings, yearnings, aches, I'm the one who satisfies those things. I'm the one who gives you what it is that you're searching and seeking for. It's found in me. Whoever believes in the word believe, which is really important that we don't miss in the gospel of John, isn't just an intellectual understanding, but it's a deep trust in who Jesus is. It's a trust in him. And even if our our trust in him is like a mustard seed, right? It's a small amount. That's okay, because it's really about who we're putting our trust in. And so Jesus can work with that. He can work with a little bit of faith, but trust here really speaks to the idea of belief and and really that we're saying, I'm taking you at your word and I'm going to allow that to lead how I go about my life. And so you hear Jesus say, I am the bread of life. Here's the next one. Here's the next statement. I am the light of the world. Say that with me. I am the light of the world. John 8, 12 and 9, 5, it talks about Jesus being the light of the world. And it goes on to say this, In John 8, 12, it says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of what? The light of what? The light of what? That's right. The light of life. And we don't want to miss this because this is what John talks about in the early part of John chapter one, that in Jesus is the light of life. Are you here today and you're confused about your own life? You need direction, you need wisdom, you need clarity, you don't know where to go. There's one who is the light of the world that wants to lead us through those dark seasons, those times where we have a day like yesterday where it was full of fog, right? It was crazy how foggy it was. So I was like, all right, Ray, I know you're out there somewhere, right? Like, I know you were just walking out to the car, I can't, you know, like, it was so foggy, right? You're driving slow, you're like, okay, I, I gotta drive slower here, I can't see. Then you put the, the high beams on, right, when it's appropriate, right? So you can see better, and, and, and you, you know, obviously don't want to blind the other drivers. But the idea here is that Jesus, he lights up those places in our lives. And he points us to who he is in the one true God as well. He's the light of the world, because there's darkness, there's fog, there's lack of clarity. And he's the one that says, hey, I want to give you light. I am the light of life. And Jesus invites us to experience the light that he wants to give to each and every one of us. Because I do believe today, even as we've gathered, whether in person or online, I know many of you are carrying heavy stuff. And you feel like we did yesterday, where it's foggy. You know, and you're like, I don't know what to do with this. And I don't know where to go with this. And I'm overwhelmed by it. And I just want to say to you, we don't have to pretend it's one way when it's another way. But before Jesus, we can say, you're the one that wants to come alongside me and to go with me with what it is that I'm uncertain. 
and I don't know how it's going to work out. You, you come alongside me in that. And he uses people to help us with that too, right? People to encourage us. Like yesterday, I dropped my mom off at the airport, and it's always sad to say bye, right? Like it's sad to say bye. She's going to another state, Atlanta, Georgia, right? She's there where I'm from. And saying bye as I'm following the call that God has for my life here, and, and she's doing what God has for her there, it's always hard to say goodbye. And I don't have to pretend that, oh, this was great, you know, that you live far, far away. And I know some of you are like, yeah, I'm glad my family's gone now, right? See ya. Hey, we'll see ya. See ya. All right. Yeah, this was great. See ya, you know? But for me, you know, as, as my mom's a single woman, I, I just, I, I care. And I'm thinking about those things, about who she is, as she's about to turn 70 and, and all these things in her life. And, and to know that the Lord comes near to me in that. But then I received this encouraging text message from another leader from another church. And I just want you to know, I'm thinking of you in your church, at, in Church Riverbend and your family. And I'm asking the Lord's face to shine upon you right now as you enter into 2023. This person had no clue that I just dropped my mom off the airport and that I'm just processing all these things. But to speak words of encouragement to one another is another way we experience his light. And so we need each other. I don't want you to miss that. And I know some of you are like, no, 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 I'm good. I'll just help people or I got it on my own. No, 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 no. Don't let pride get in the way of the gift that others want to give to you. Because we forfeit a gift that is found in that. And we forfeit them the opportunity to express that gift to us. Again, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, will not walk in spiritual darkness darkness. There's a light that points to who he is. Here's the next statement. And let's read this out loud together. I am that I am. Say that again with me. I am that I am. And this is really a describing statement of Jesus and his divinity. And he talks about who he was and who he's always been, how before Abraham he was. I am that I am. And listen to what it says here in John 8. It says this, very truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. And really, this speaks to the fact that he's always been and will always be. Will always be. And that he is God. This speaks to his divinity. This speaks to his power. This speaks to his authority. Again, very truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. I am that I am. And we didn't know who we're talking to. We need to know, yes, he meets us in these practical realities of life that he is the one who provides for us and meets those deep or deeper longings, that he's the bread of life, right? That he's the one that satisfies those thirsts, that he's the one that lights up the darkness in life, spiritually speaking, and then practically in our everyday life. But also we need to know that before Abraham, he always was and will always be, that in him all things were created and held together. This is who we're talking about when we're talking to Jesus and talking with him, that he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords and that he will forever be. And so we don't want to miss that in the midst of, of these conversations and thinking about what it is that Jesus said about himself. And then here's the next statement that we're going to see from Jesus. He says, I am the door to the sheep. <clears throat> Let's say that all together. I am the door to the sheep. I am the door to the sheep. And at first glance, you're like, what does that even mean? 
But I want you to hear from John 10. This is verses 7 through 10. It says this. Therefore, Jesus said, again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. So there's salvation found in Jesus. They will come in and go out and find pasture. And I don't want you to miss this part here in verse 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So others came before Jesus as teachers, rabbis, people who were talking God talk, but they were thieves. In other words, they were not about God's heart for people and his interest and his intent towards them. And when you look at what Jesus is saying here, he says, I'm not like them. I'm not like that. I'm the good shepherd, as we're going to see in just a minute here. I'm the one who wants to give you access to all that God has created for you. And it's found in me through my life, death, burial, and resurrection. But he says, the thief only comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life to the full. That you may have life with abundance. And again, this isn't talking about often as we do in our American culture with it, about what we have as far as our bank account is concerned or what we drive or what we live in and on all these things. It really does speak, though, of how God has a way of life for us that is marked with joy, peace, and love and hope. And it's found in Christ, this abundant life, this fact that the fact that in Christ, he's created us on purpose and for a purpose. And so I don't want you to miss what it is that he says of you because he wants you to have entrance into all that he's created you for and that there's this pasture that he wants to give you access to where there's this rest, that there's this abundance that's found in him. Again, he says that I am the gate. I am the gate to the sheep. Well, as we continue on here, here's the next one. As I mentioned, let's say this out loud together. I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. John 10, 11 through 14. Jesus says this in John 10. He says this. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. It's beautiful to hear how Jesus has this affection and love and care for us as we see here in John 10, 11. Through 15. He says the hired hands, they see the wolf coming. And what's their response? What do they do? What do they do? They run away, right? They're like, oh, this, these aren't my sheep. <laughs> no biggie. I'm not going to take on the big bad wolf. But Jesus, he says, hey, I see the big bad wolf coming. And instead of running, I run towards it. And I not only run towards it, but I'm willing to lay down my life. And he does lay down his life. For the sheep. He laid down his life for each and every one of us and for all humanity. 
because he cares deeply for us and loves us. And I don't want you to misunderstand God's heart and intention towards you as we get into the new year. And I know many times when we talk about the new year, it's like new you, new year, right? We're like, oh yeah, let's get it. Let's get it. Let's make it happen, right? And we make our list and we've got all these things that we want to see done and accomplish. And listen, I'm all about having a vision for a preferred future. I'm all about that. But I think sometimes what can happen is we can miss the source of what our lives were created for and allowing him to shepherd us through what specifically he has for us. That he cares deeply about those things in our lives. And that he wants to show us the way, because he is the way, but that he wants to reveal to us a process of walking with him where our formation, what's going on inside us, will then lead to what's happening outside of us. And wherever he takes us, it's going to be built on that. But that happens as we allow ourselves to be cared for and led by the good shepherd, the one who's laying down his life for us. And he has laid down his life, not only through his life, death, and and burial, but through his resurrection, the fact that he's going to come back for us and that we have this future hope and that we can live in the light of that. And that leads us to how we treat one another because we recognize the deep care that he has for us. And I, I don't want you to miss this. It says the sheep, they know my voice. When I call them, they know my voice. So let me ask you, are you becoming more attuned to the voice of Jesus in your life? That's one of the goals that we should have in 2023, because he does call your name. He calls my name. He invites me to come with him, to walk with him, to journey with him through what it is that I'm experiencing and going through. Again, I don't want you to miss the fact that he's a good shepherd. And he doesn't run away from the big bad wolves in our lives. So what's the big bad wolf in your life right now? What is the thing that you look at and you're like, man, this is the thing that I'm facing and it's really hard. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe there's some source of anxiety. Uh, Maybe for you, it's a job situation. Uh, Maybe for you, you're like, I don't even know from a health standpoint the way forward. Maybe for you, it's like, man, Things are, are, are going well in my company, and I see growth. But as that's happening, we don't have the infrastructure to support the growth. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Maybe it's a career change, and you're not sure. Maybe it's your kids. Like, I don't know how to lead them. Do you know you have a good shepherd that wants to shepherd you so you can shepherd others? Will you allow him to shepherd you and to walk with you in it? Well, as we continue on, here's the next one. He says this, and let's read this out loud together. I am the resurrection and the life. Turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Yes, Jesus is the resurrection and the life. John eleven twenty five, And then we, we read this from John eleven twenty five through 26. And this is, again, when Lazarus has passed away. And there's a lot of sadness. There's a lot of weeping happening here. It says this, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? And and this is just so beautiful to think about what Jesus is saying. He's saying that in him is resurrection power. 
to change us from the inside out, but also the hope in the future that we have to be forever with him and how today we can live in light of that perfect day when he will rule and reign and make all things new. But that in him is the resurrection and the life. And that even as death does occur, and it does happen in Christ, even though we experience physical death, the fact is that we can live on forever with him. This is what Jesus is saying. This is the assurance that we have. And I know many of us are afraid about death. We're afraid of it. If we're honest, we're afraid of dying. And I don't know anybody that's like, you know what? Let's just talk about death and how excited I am about the prospect of dying. You know, I haven't heard that. You know, I was recently with my, with my mom and we went to, to go see my uh, grandmother's uh, graveside in Alexandria, Virginia, and, and also went to see where my uncle's buried. And, and it led to a conversation about thinking about her death and, and her planning of her funeral. And, and, will, and these are not fun conversations. No one's like, you know what? You know what I want to do Christmas week? Let's talk about this. Let's talk, you know, but the reality is it's, it's part of life. And yet we can know that there's a hope that's found in Christ. And even to rally around that hope and, and to celebrate who he is and what he has for us. But again, the question is, do you believe this? Do you believe that he is the resurrection and the life? And that we could live forever with him. Do you have that trust in him and who he is and what he has for us? Here's the next one. It says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Let's say that out loud together. I am the way the truth, and the life. John 14, 6. Again, this is what it says in John 14. This is verses 6 and 7. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And he's saying, because you see me, you've seen the Father in the sense of the divinity that's within him, right? That this is God in flesh. And he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Do you see Jesus as that? Is he the, the way for your life? Is he the way not only so that you can have a right standing with God, but the way to make sense of the way forward in your life? Is he the way, the truth, and the life in all areas of your life? Because he says that's who he is, the question isn't, is he that? The question is, are we availing ourselves to who he truly is? Are we? And I want to encourage us as we continue to journey with Jesus this next year to just continue to draw closer to him, to see him for who he is, which leads us to this next one. Let's read this out loud together. I am the true vine. This is John 15, uh, 1 and verse 5 as well. And listen to what it says here in John 15, 5. And I want us to read this out loud together on three. One, two, three. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And this is so important that we don't miss as we head into the new year. He's the source of the fruit that we want to bear. So in order to get to the fruits we have to get to the roots. So how is our abiding in Christ? How are we holding on to Jesus? 
Because this is what he desires for each and every one of us. And it's so easy, whether that's performing, and I know many of us are type A type of people. We're like achievers, performers. I get it. I get it. I, I, I'm a recovering one myself <laughs> in a lot of ways, right? And it's good to accomplish things, but it's, it's easy to, to be like, I'm going to just will it to be. And instead of having real lasting fruit, we have something that's manufactured by self, like plastic fruit. It looks like the fruit, but it's not the real fruit, right? We can do that with moralism, right? We can do that with religiosity. We can just try to perform and then look this way versus, wait a minute, what's the deep work within me that you're doing? How am I abiding? How's my root system that will lead to my fruit system? Because he wants to take us deeper with him. He wants us to walk with him in a deeper way, to see him for who he is, to fall more in love with who he is. And a part of the way we do that is to read the word of God, not just for the purpose of intellectual understanding, but for it to go from information, then to formation of who we are, and then to our transformation of our lives. And I want to encourage you, even as we go into this year, to be reviewing these things. Review what it is that we're talking about here when we look at these I am statements of Jesus. And so as we continue on here, here's the next thing about this. I want to just give this to you just so you can see. So maybe you're like, all right, I was trying to follow all of this. I just needed one slide. And here's one slide for you. So if you want to grab a picture, you can uh, of this. But again, helping us to see that he says, I am the bread of, the li- bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am that I am. I am the door of the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I am the true vine. This is who Jesus says he is. And I want to ask you, do you see Jesus as he is? Or what makes it difficult for you to see him for who he is? What is it in your own life that may be hindering you from doing that and seeing him and experiencing all that he has for you? Because this is the invitation that he has for each and every one of us, for us to see him in the fullness of who he is and to experience the fullness of life that he's called us to and for. So as we think about this, I want to give you two questions. And I want us to help us, I want us to take what it is that we've talked about with Jesus in these I am statements. And again, we're going to drill down in the coming weeks. But I want us to be thinking about these two questions. What's one gift from 2022 you are taking with you into 2023? What's gift? And I'm not talking about Christmas gifts. I mean, clearly you're going to take those in with you, right? Like, you know, my son's taking those Pokemon cards with him into the new year, right? He's brought his binder. He's excited, right? But I'm talking about what are the things that God showed up in, showed you, that, that you want to carry in this new year with, and you want it to continue to deepen in your own life, things you're going to hold on to. And then the next question is, how are you wanting to grow in and with Jesus in 2023? How are you wanting to do that? How are you wanting to experience that in this, this new year? Again, how are you wanting to grow in and with Jesus in 2023.